The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Bileen Shah, your facilitator for I Love Braille, welcoming you on this great day of Louis Braille's birthday to be celebrated as World Braille Day on January the 4th, 2024. As you know, this event is sponsored by the East Bay Center for the Blind in Berkeley, California, and it is supported by the American Council of the Blind. Well, friends, I believe we get connected with Deborah Kendrick, who is our chief guest today, and she's going to present on make her presentation on World Braille Day. So let me double check uh, if I can talk to Deborah first. Uh, Deborah Kendrick, are you here? I am indeed. I am here. Oh, then wonderful. Thank you so much. Appreciate <laughs> it. So I would like to tell you all that we are truly blessed in two ways today. One, Louis Braille invented a special script a special code for us to be able to read and write and become literate. And two, we have a great speaker, a prolific writer, editor, publisher, and above all, the winner of numerous awards. If I start enumerating the awards, Deborah Kendrick, our chief guest today has won, it will take one hour. So I'll be brief enough to say that she has to her credit, several awards. And as you all know, awards don't come running to you. You have to work hard. So that tells you, imagine how hard our guest must be working. When I went through her bio, I could not understand how this great speaker has been awarded more than 24 hours a day. Unless you have more than 24 hours a day, you cannot do so much. But she did. So I would not say much, but I would hand over the mic to our guest today, Deborah Kendrick. Welcome. And she will tell us about World Braille Day as well as tell us more about Louis Braille and her passion for Braille. Um, uh, Deborah, if I can call you Deborah or Debbie, I'm not sure which one you would like. You can call but, me Deborah. And all right. <laughs> and Thank you, Billing. Deborah. And you may speak approximately 15, 20 minutes. However, there is no hard and fast okay. rule. If you think that okay. you have more information to share, you can. And then we will hand over the mic to the audience and people will ask you questions and give their comments. That's Fabulous. how we run this show. Okay. All right. Fabulous. Over to you, Deborah. Thank you so much. Once again, welcome. Thank you so much, Philine. And it's so nice to meet you by phone at last. We've been talking via email for some time and it's so nice to, to have a voice to go with all of the good things that you have had to say. Um, and when you were talking about my working, 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 I was smiling, smiling, smiling. That was kind of fun. Thank you so much for such a kind introduction. So today is one of my favorite days, perhaps my favorite day of the whole year, the birthday of Louis Braille, and how wonderful it is that finally 
the world is recognizing the birth of this amazing man who, as just a boy, invented this system that has brought literacy to all of us and to so many over now the centuries. Um, and it's so wonderful that since 2019, we now have a recognized day for the world to say Louis Braille is to be celebrated and, um, and that we can express gratitude. And, and I, I hope that by the United Nations creating the World Blind day, Braille Day that it is spreading the word to those who have not been as aware of Braille. So Braille, to, to say what Braille uh, means to me is impossible because everything I do involves Braille. My, my work life, my personal life, um, Braille has made all the difference in my life. And in, in trying to think about what to say to you today, I was looking through some things, you know, I'm, I'm a writer. And so uh, I have written probably thousands of articles now, articles and columns and books. And they've been on a wide variety of subjects. But one of my favorite subjects is Braille. And about 10 years ago, um, I entered a contest and I, I won this contest. It was, um, it's uh, hosted by a, a Japanese organization, a newspaper in Japan. It's called the Ankyo Braille Contest. And I was very proud to win. Uh, and, and it's an essay contest. And each year the, the subject is a little bit different. But... Um, in uh, 2013, the, 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 the topic was what Braille uh, has meant in your life. And I thought I would take it'll probably four or five minutes to read some of this essay to you because I already summed it up in writing better than I could sum it up just babbling to you here. So here we go. The essay, and I won't read the entire thing, but the essay is titled A Lifetime of Literacy. Our library in Mrs. Brown's classroom was just two small shelves in the back of the room, packed with Braille books thick and thin, and I knew every Braille dot in every one of them. In the front of the room were the towering shelves containing the 1959 World Book Encyclopedia, stretching far above the book edge my fingers could brush when I stood on tiptoe. All of those books together in the front and back of Mrs. Brown's public school classroom represented an infinite universe of mystery and adventure to me. At Eight or nine years old, whether I was reading about the solar system or Mr. Popper's penguins, how to make an automobile engine, or how a, a little imaginary girl named Betsy looked forward to the first day of school, my fingers flew across the pages and my mind soared with possibilities. 
At home, I was just the little blind girl, the child who roller skated up and down the block because her mother didn't notice, but who couldn't have a bicycle because it was too dangerous. When I wanted a Barbie doll for Christmas, Ten was too old to want a doll. When I wanted a real player for the records the jukebox man gave me, I was too young. Too blind for a bike, too old for a doll, too young for a machine to play my music, but I could read and I could write. That reading and writing were done in Braille because I had been blind since age five. I never considered it second rate. In fact, I felt a little sorry for others in my family who, although they could see to read print, didn't seem to have this wealth and wonder that I found in books. I never worried about not being able to see. In my mind's eye, through the pages of books, I saw places around the world and throughout history. And I wanted to write stories myself. When I was 11 and about to enter the seventh grade, it was decided that I would be the first student to leave our resource classroom and attend my neighborhood school. Mrs. Brown gave me a book one day called Grade Three Braille. When you go to high school and college, she told me, you will need to take notes. Writing as many words as fast as you can will help. Grade three is a kind of Braille shorthand. I worked through all the lessons, and when I finished a few months later, she said the book was mine. It was the first and only book I would own until I had two advanced degrees and a job that gave me money to buy books for myself. In high school, I began receiving Seventeen magazine in Braille. I read every word of every issue and learned from those pages what kinds of clothing teenage girls were wearing and how to curl my hair. In my large public school, my knack for writing stories and curling hair were some of the distinctions that led to many friendships. In college, grade three braille and a slate and stylus resulted in my writing more detailed notes than many cited classmates, so that sharing my notes led to friendships as well. When I landed a teaching assistantship at a large university, I would be living alone for the first time in my life. A friend drove me 100 miles to the library for the blind. I went up and down the aisles with a cart and eventually loaded that friend's back seat with braille books. Back in my new apartment, with that treasure trove of dots, I taught myself to cook. Later, as a young married woman, I again used books to teach myself to knit and crochet. When my first baby was on the way, I turned to Braille and to make myself an expert on pregnancy, breastfeeding, infant care, child safety, and games for toddlers. My access to Braille grew exponentially as my three children grew. I read storybooks by the hundreds to my children. Blessings, we all know, arrive in many forms. For me, blindness was a kind of blessing. Because of it, 
I learned to read and write Braille, to fall in love with learning, and to go far beyond the aspirations of any in my family before me to the adventures that literacy delivers. So that's some of my essay that won the Ankyo Braille contest, um, which was one of the most interesting things. There, there were a variety of prizes. There was a cash prize and some little items from Japan. But the thing that fascinated me the most was that um, I was given a book of the winning essays in Braille, and the Braille was much smaller um, than the the braille that I'm accustomed to reading in the United States it was very interesting. The, the the shapes of the letters, the six dots, are still there, um, but it's overall a smaller scale, and it was it's interesting. Um, it was, I'm a I was reading this to you in braille, of course. Everything I read is in braille, and I'm a very rapid reader. But I was not a very rapid reader reading <laughs> those books that were uh, produced in, in Braille in Japan. Uh, so uh, I, I think what I would like to do, because there's there are so many ways that we could talk about Braille, uh, Braille production, Braille teachings, Braille sharing Braille. You know, uh, in 2013, I was part of, uh, it was called the Braille Summit that was organized by the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled in cooperation with the Perkins School for the Blind. And um, we had, we brought together 100 people and we worked very, very hard over the course of three or four days in focus groups, deciding what 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 we could do regarding the future of braille and uh, what what we decided in general was that braille needed uh, a facelift of sorts it needed a better pr campaign sign language has gotten a reputation for being cool people who aren't deaf want to teach their babies sign language and kids who aren't deaf go to college and want to take a sign language course but Braille hasn't enjoyed the same level of notoriety or popularity. So we talked about that and we talked about ways to um, to get Braille into the hands of more Braille readers. And, and the Braille e-reader program that the National Library Service has launched and that many of you may be now enjoying was... Um, an outgrowth of that meeting of the, the 2013 summit. And, and I think um, talking about the need to spread the word that Braille is cool is something that you are doing so successfully in, in this gathering that you have in, in its very name, I Love Braille. So um, I want to congratulate you for that. But um, I think at this point, I mean, I could talk about my work. I could talk about how I use Braille personally. Um, I could tell you 
I, I will tell you one funny story that just jumped into my head. You know, when I began freelance writing, I was doing a lot of um, newspaper work and magazine work. And, and this was before we had computers. So I was taking all my notes with a slate and stylus. And one of my favorite stories, I, um, I, I got a magazine assignment to do a story on... Um, uh, today's orphan, what happens to children today now that we don't have traditional orphanages? And I went, I, I was, I went to a facility where I was interviewing a woman and um, we had been talking on the phone for several days and I answering a lot of questions. And then I came to um, do yet one more interview face to face. Well, she hadn't realized that I was blind until I showed up and then there's, as we all know, all of you who are blind know that brief moment of panic that someone's, oh, what am I going to do with this person? Oh, oh my. So she, I told her, just, just talk to me. I'll follow you. And so I followed her up the stairs and down the hall and around a corner and into the office and sat down, pulled out my slate and stylus and began asking questions. Well, the, I wrote a, a magazine piece that I was very proud of. It went on to win some awards and, um, but I, I later became friends with that woman. And she told me years down the road, she said, you know, it was kind of like your secret weapon. When you pulled out that slate and stylus, that I would have told you anything. I would have given away family secrets of the company any because it was I wasn't prepared for that. So I, I like to think about that as something that we all should be aware of as writers or uh, teachers or people gathering information, our, our braille tools are sort of secret weapons. They can distract people and help us get information that we might not otherwise get. Anyway, that was just a little um, piece of my Same history box. that I found entertaining. And what I'd like to do is stop there and have Villeen or whoever uh, is going to call yeah. on questions and get some questions could, could you going please, here. Uh, Deborah, could you please tell us a little bit about the role that World Blind Union played to have the World Braille Day accepted by the United Nations? Uh, we have some information. Uh, well, just very general information yeah. that... Uh -huh. um, yeah. You know that in 2009, um, we all celebrated the 200th birthday of Lewis Braille. And um, at that time, uh, several countries and the World Blind Union began, um, what's the word, pursuing um, yeah. lobbying, I suppose, uh, Correct, yeah. to... to, to have world recognition of Braille and of Braille the person and Braille the code. And um, so like so many things, it took time and work. And that's that's really all I can tell you is that it took 10 years and now we are celebrating it for the fourth time today. Correct. So it took the United Nations 10 years to accept Louis Braille's yeah. birthday as World Braille Day. Exactly. But, well, thanks, thanks to all people who worked so hard to get it recognized. And we are here to celebrate World Braille Day 
which is also Louis Braille's birthday. Okay, thank you so much, Deborah, uh, yes. for your wonderful presentation. And uh, we will now open the floor for asking questions. So please raise your hand and we will take you one by one. Um, okay, let's see if any, any hand raised. We have Beth. Beth, yes. Hello, Beth. Yeah, yeah. Um, there you go. I enjoyed your presentation. Now, now, that was that that was you. You were talking about in that poem, right? Or I mean, that whatever you read, that you yes. Look, read the... <laughs> yes, uh, yes. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah. Um, Essay. Yeah, yes. Thank you. So, Thank so you. like, um, now, you you said get Braille in the hands of readers. So you, they're they're trying to get Braille more in schools than like with uh kids and kids right yes 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 and 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 really that's work that all of us can participate in no mm -hmm. matter you know by your own use of braille and your promotion of braille um but yeah there's there's um an ongoing effort to um to spread the use of braille more more widely yeah, to promote Braille in every possible way. Exactly. Yeah, there are I, I, efforts all around. Oh, yes. Sorry Perfect. about interrupting, but yeah, I yeah. I wish there were more Braille menus. I know Applebee's used to have one. Well, the last time I went there, um, they said, "Well, we do more online, so you know, and that's fine. I I can do that, but I would like the Braille." <laughs> Yeah, you know they used to have a braille menu and it was good. Now they discontinued it. So, how how can like you know people like me get get that back? I think it's the kind of thing that it's it's slow work and it's chipping away mm -hmm. bit by bit. But that's the kind of effort that led us to so many things that we now enjoy. So right, I mean, so. So you just, you really just answered your own question. What you can do, what I can do, what everyone here can do is continue to ask for Braille in public places like restaurants. And I, I will admit, you know, well, here's an example, flying on an airplane. You get on an airplane, I, I fly quite a bit, and they will sometimes offer me the Braille safety book. And what I say every time is, I love that you have it. I don't need to read it because I've read it many times before, but thank you. And and mm -hmm. sometimes I'll just take it and look at it, just even though I've read it many times before, because I want them, the flight attendants and the other people around me to see a blind person reading Braille. So right. Yeah. So you're what you're doing is it's it feels small, but all of us doing the same thing, asking for Braille is what's going to, to keep it going and keep the momentum. Well, and it is good. Braille that matters. Yeah. So yes. Okay. Beth, Thank you. Can we move on? Thank you. And okay. uh We'll take, we can we'll try go to Lori first. Okay. Lori. Hi, Lori. Hi. Um, I think I'm unmuted. 
You are. Yes, oh, you great. are. Hi, yeah. uh, Deborah. I was very interested when you talked about um, getting Seventeen magazine in Braille, and I wondered mm-hmm. if um, Braille magazines were something that you experienced as a as a child, and if you still read Braille magazines. Because mm-hmm. I uh, I started reading Braille magazines, I think, when I was like six, because we got Jack uh, Jack and Jill in Braille, and yes. then as a teenager, they had American Girl, which was put out by the Scout uh, Girl Scouts. Yes, I love that magazine, and I I still read magazines. Yeah, yes, I magazines were my link to to knowing what other kids were doing. Magazines were so important to me, and my parents. You know, I came from a working class family, and books were not particularly important. So my parents didn't buy books for me, but other. Uh, people, teachers and the parents of other kids would find out about signing me up for this magazine and that magazine. And so I did, I read magazines very early. I um, I think highlights used to be in Braille too yes. when, when I was yes, a little kid. And I, I loved them and I saved them all and I read everything over and over again. You're the first person I have heard mention American Girl in decades oh i'd love that magazine <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did i wish i could get my hands on an old copy just to see you know what it would and, be like to read it now yeah so i wonder but, if it but, still exists um I, I i won a story contest no. in it years ago when i was a teenager um, oh and, wow and oh, they had cool. cereals they had uh, you know cereals yeah. um that sometimes would go on stories like for six mm-hmm. months oh i just love that magazine yeah, and, it, it does uh, not exist because now uh, it's Scout's Life. Scout oh, Life. okay. And the boys and the girls get the same magazine. Oh, interesting. Um, but I think one more thing about magazines, if, if anyone has, you know, is in a position to encourage children to read magazines, I reading magazines had everything to do with my becoming a writer because you can't write good prose if you don't read good prose and you can't really read it if you don't have your hands on it. Um, And it's, you know, a whole, a whole other conversation we could have sometime about a lawsuit that I was part of in, in 1985 um, that the whole focus of the lawsuit was that only by reading braille in a magazine could i pursue my career as a writer so uh, yeah wonderful good that's great to know we also have a writer in this audience dr king and uh, another thing i would like to say uh, i would like to pronounce uh, what deborah good uh, retired french teacher taught us last month Louis Braille. Today is the birthday of Louis yeah. Braille. Okay. <laughs> so let's, let's hear from other people. We have EBCB, that is East Bay Center for the Blind, which sponsors this event, and somebody's there to ask a question. So please speak up. I see the audio is unmuted, but we yeah, cannot hear Yeah, the audio them. is unmuted, so one needs to speak now. I'm pretty sure there are more than one person attending this session. How about now? Can you, can you yes, you can. Okay, yeah. this is my call yeah. at East Bay Center for the Blind, and <laughs> I, I, it is Hello. it is such a such and a delight a to, such a Go delight ahead. to hear uh, Deborah on, and especially on this auspicious day. Um, and 
you know, I want to just share with everyone that my first exposure to Deborah was a long, long time ago at the home of a, a, a technology instructor. I was in her house and I saw this Braille magazine and the top line of it, the headline said tactic and it was in extra large graphical braille made out of for signs and i said what's this and she said oh this is a uh, deborah kendrick's magazine wow i it was a, a first <laughs> introduction and anyway deborah i just want to say it's great to hear you you're sounding wonderful and uh and i love the story um all your stories <laughs> and the east bay center is so proud to be part of i love braille uh, and Valine, my goodness it must be two in the morning where you are anyway so that's that's it um great to hear you great to hear you and uh we encourage you Mike. on and on yeah yeah uh, I'm happy so glad birthday louis <laughs> happy birthday louis exactly <laughs> And Belaine, yeah. what what time is it where you are? You're in India now, I guess. I am in India, and oh the time goodness. here is eleven o'clock, eleven p.m. And, oh my uh, goodness! Interestingly, oh Deborah, our host Abraham is in South Africa, so we are oh truly a world-class <laughs> uh, Zoom meeting. And we, we are, are really celebrating World Braille Day. Correct. Around That's what the I meant to say. Yes. <laughs> now, Rick has been waiting long to ask a question or give his uh, observation. But in the meantime, I would like to recommend I see several new faces, although I'm blind. I see several new faces <laughs> here. So feel free to raise your hand and give your observation, comments, or ask questions. We have time. Okay, over to Rick. Yeah, not always have super wow stories like that, but anyway, uh, yeah, one of the places Braille would really be nice would be on hotel or medical building or office building room numbers. Um, I had to go to a, a podiatrist last summer, and... They told me the room number, and I was able to get a hand to the elevator and go, okay, go upstairs, turn left, like they said. Of course, there were no room numbers, so I had to ask somebody where 209 was, and said, oh, it's right here. Well, the room in front of me was dark and empty, and it's just so it was one of the, it was one of the few rooms that did have Braille on the door, and it said, changing room, women. <laughs> Oh, dear. It turned out the 209 <laughs> was just a door to town, but anyway. <laughs> well, have you uh, have you made that request known to people in that building? I don't recall who I told, but uh, yeah, it would be, be well to make a little noise about that. Of course, I'm just one little nobody, but uh, you never know. No, 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 no. We all, by all of us speaking up at every opportunity that we get, that's how change is made. You but know, yeah, Braille you know. is great, and uh, 
if you really want to know how to spell and format, you have to read with your fingers. That's quite true. I, I, I used a slate and stylus to take notes, and I did learn grade three. Uh, I never got that good at it, but yeah, if you if you can do it, more power to you. Yeah, uh, trying well, to write well, as fast as someone can talk—that's that takes some doing. <laughs> I used very thin paper um, in mm-hmm. in order to get quotes verbatim. I don't use braille paper when I use a slate and stylus. I use um, uh, in in school, in college, and graduate school. I used spiral notebooks. You know, the same kind that all the sighted kids mm-hmm. use. And the okay. disadvantage is, you know, after you've written a hundred pages, the pages in the front get a little, little squashed. But um, yeah. yeah, that's 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 the key to writing very rapidly and and getting verbatim quotes <clears throat> and so forth is using thin paper. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Thanks. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you Nick. Okay. Next up, we have Alice. Well, happy World Braille Day to everyone. And I think it's just marvelous that we have somewhat here at I Love Braille, our own United Nations, United Continent right here with so many people and places represented, united for Braille. It's a wonderful feeling. And Deborah, you make it even more special by your being here today and you're sharing your remarkable story with us. And I so enjoyed your prize winning piece. Thank you for reading that for us. And I would like for you to please share a little bit about your story uh, at reporting on ADA and that implementation shining oh. in Washington, DC. But I, oh. I, I also wanted to say, I have had the pleasure of reading some of Deborah's articles through the years, thanks to the audio magazine Newsreel. And that's how I came to become acquainted with Deborah's writings through the years. And I always look forward to hearing your articles from the Columbus paper read onto Newsreel magazine. So thank you for that and for all that you do. And um, look forward to hearing your story again about ADA. Well, thank you so much, Alice. It's so nice to hear your voice and nice that you're here. And um, you have asked me about something that I love to talk about because it, it was such um, such a, a, a milestone in my career that I was invited to the the ceremonial signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And the cool thing was I, I was I got two invitations because I was on an advocate list. And then so I got a, an invitation as an advocate, but I was invited also as a journalist. And as it turned out, I was the only blind journalist representing a large daily newspaper. Now the editor of my paper, the Cincinnati Enquirer, um, had some personal problems that I won't go into, but he did not want me to go. But the publisher said, of course she must go. This is a page one story. So he insisted that I go and I get a page one story. And the editor said, well, you don't have any way of writing the story. You call me 
and tell it to me and I'll write it. And I thought, no way is that happening. So once again, it was Braille that made the difference. I, um, at the time in 1990, the state of the art equipment was a Braille and Speak invented by Dean Blasey. And um, I took my Braille and Speak and a modem, some of you may remember the old dial-up modems, and I connected it to the phone line in the hotel. I wrote my story in Braille, and I submitted my story over the phone line, and it was on page one the next day. Um, wow. So it was a pretty thrilling, thrilling moment. Uh, wow. Yeah. It, it's, there, there have been several occasions like that where, you know, it hasn't maybe no one has done exactly this thing before and i had to figure it out and it means so much to me when braille has something to do with the ultimate solution literacy is everything okay great terrific uh any more question alice no but thank you so much deborah and valine yeah. <laughs> okay wonderful um uh, one more thing I would like to share with you all and our guest today, that at some point we have had 38 participants. Some, a couple of them left, but that's the largest number. So, Deborah, mm. you must be very popular. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for this yeah. opportunity. <laughs> so we are looking for more hands to be raised. So if anybody has any observation, any question, please do. Before we wrap, we still have time. Um, Lori has hand raised. Yes, go ahead, Lori. Hi. Um, I wanted to comment about Rick's uh, suggestion about braille um, numbers on medical buildings. Um, my husband is now in a uh, memory care facility, and uh, I was really surprised that by each door they had a large print number of the room but right below they had the number in braille and uh i don't know how useful that is to uh anyone in memory care i think he's the only blind person but i showed him both numbers and he kind of said oh but uh it didn't you know it doesn't register so well in memory care but i was really delighted to see that the facility made that effort it's one of the few places i've seen um braille numbers on rooms well, they're receiving public funds, so they they're they're required by law to do that, Lori. And yeah, and yeah. and think about you say you don't know what use it would be to anyone in memory care, but think about who else might come in there. Oh, there true. might be That's a right. there might be a blind social worker, a blind nurse, yeah. a blind doctor, a blind uh, housekeeper. There might be, and you know, or a blind wife or husband or relative so <laughs> you're right and thank you for that some blind right. person has contributed to this good thing terrific yeah uh that reminds me about japan you know how conscious they are about the needs of the blind and visually impaired people they have braille marks or braille labels even on the can of liquor a friend of mine who visited Japan yeah. brought a, a can of wine and showed me how they write in Braille. Of course, it was in Japanese, but it didn't. So the blind people in Japan know what they are going to drink. 
Well, okay. and I believe it's the European yeah. standard too that um, uh, a friend of mine who travels a great deal has said that there's no problem walking into any pharmacy or other, you know, retail store for products because in in Europe they all have Braille. I I have not mm -hmm. experienced that personally. That's just what I'm told. So. Okay, we do have okay. seven now hands. We have some five or six hands up. So let's <laughs> take one by one. Now. Yes. Um, Amy is first. Amy Alekman. Yes, hi. Okay, a couple of things. Everything has just been so amazing. I'm so glad I joined this today. Uh, so I wanted to, two things. I went into the Florida Outreach for the Blind uh, here in Palm Beach County. It had something very unique. They had a system where it was a upon every door that you walk into, there's a button that you push and it speaks and you're able to program it. So when you walk into a room, you just press the button. It also has in Braille and then it also has in large print. And I thought that system was amazing first. Then I, the second I'm in, thing I'm in Florida too, Amy, but I'm not there. So I want to I want to know more about this place. That sounds great. <laughs> oh well yeah. I yeah absolutely it's they are they are amazing. And then yeah. the other um I am not blind I am sighted but I am constantly looking for Braille everywhere. And I did Ooh. hear that United now has Braille in their airplanes. And in New York City, in Central Park, on their lamppost, they have numbers. It's a numbering system so you can know where you are. Now, I know um, it, you wouldn't be able to see the lamppost, but you could ask or if, <laughs> if someone is walking with you in Central Park, um, it, it tells you where you are in the park. So if you get lost. And the other thing is the subway in New York has Braille all over the place. And I was so happy because down in the subway, there's Braille on the doors. There's Braille. It, it, I just love that. So the other thing, the last is a question for Deborah. You wrote when your ears can't help you see. Yes. Does NLS, because yeah. I tried to look that up in our system, and NLS, I do not believe, did you do it in an audio format? So, um, okay, so I did, uh, that's one of the books that I wrote for National Braille Press. And because National Braille Press is a small nonprofit and they need to sell their books, you know, to, to okay. make, make some now. But but wait, there's more. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but Kim Charlson at the Perkins, who's the librarian uh, at the Perkins Library for the Blind, um, she she invited me for they, they do a, a book club there. So when I was the speaker for their book club, she had that book and another that I've written uh, recorded. So the, the long about answer is it's not unbarred, but you can get it through interlibrary loans by requesting it. Your library can request it from Perkins and get the audio. And it was um, read by, uh, a talking book narrator at Perkins. So it is available on cartridge and um, for download from Perkins. Yes. Now, 
The the other way that a person can read it, um, if for someone who's not a Braille reader, well, the book is available in print as well, but for someone who's not able to read large print and not a Braille reader, um, short of getting it from the Perkins Library, it's also, you could get, get it on um, electronically the the braille you know you can and then listen to it if you listen to text on your computer for example I don't know right. if that's yes. yeah that's yeah. oh I'm just thank you so much yeah thank yeah. you and now we have some six seven people so yes okay. next is Linda I think Linda yes Pye. next is Linda yes Oh, Linda Pye Deborah. Is over. Deborah, what a magnificent presentation! Thank you. So I have a, a gazillion well, questions. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, could you say a little bit about your college experiences and what what are your degrees? English literature. Uh -huh. um, so, well, you know, I've been around a long time. So, I, <laughs> when I went to college, um, I was the only blind kid on campus and um i it, this was before ada or before idea so in my case you know i had to sit down with the administrators and promise that i would not ask for any special accommodations which is outrageous by today's standards but mm -hmm. i don't mind so much i i actually i think that it 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 I at the time I didn't know any other way and so I had to you know agree that yes I yes I can take a lab science and yes I can take the mathematics courses and yes I will take a foreign language and yes I will take physical education you know I will not ask for any but uh, for any um exceptions but and and I know that's not the everyone's experience but for me that that worked very well um I, you know, I didn't excel at everything, certainly. Um, <laughs> so, um, but and, and then when I went to graduate school, though, I went to a state university and there were um, I was in graduate school, but in undergraduate school, there were a lot of kids there with disabilities. And it was a very um, eye opening experience for me, if you will. It was wonderful. That was where I really started realizing that my issues um, as a blind person were not unique to blindness or to me, but that they were uh, across the board, a cultural distinction that people with all kinds of disabilities were experiencing the same kinds of discrimination. So um, yeah. I don't know if that's the kind of, is that what you were asking? Or I mean, I went to school before, um, computers and and that i you know i when i had exams to take i schlepped a portable typewriter across campus and and wrote my exams um did you so, have a lot of difficulty getting your books in braille i didn't have any books in braille i <laughs> i had um i had one book i took uh french was my language and i had a book of french short stories in Braille, and that was the only Braille book I had when I was in college. They were all on tape. And the other thing that I did that was, I didn't understand until I until much later when I did a lot of teaching, when I listened to uh, recorded books, um, I would 
have one of those spiral notebooks and a slate and stylus. And I took voluminous notes while I was listening and almost verbatim notes. And what I later understood was that's because as a learner, I am a visual learner. And the only way I could learn visually is to have words under my fingers, not in my ears. Yep. So I can't learn. And I, I, I listen, you know, I, I love audio books and I listen to lots of books for entertainment. But if I have to retain factual information, I have to read it in Braille or write it down in Braille as I'm listening. And, and I, yes, right. Me too. I, I, I <laughs> wish, I wish um, that more kids, you know, I think that's a, a good approach to teach kids. It was something that I stumbled into by necessity. You know, I didn't have Braille books. I needed Braille to learn. And so I wrote everything down. But, but I think it's an interesting approach that, um, that's taken now, not just for blind kids, but for sighted kids, you know, kids with dyslexia, people now realize that, you know, to listen to the words and see the words simultaneously is very useful, that dual modality. Yes. Listening is, is a lot more passive than actively writing. And I totally agree with you. But one, one of the things that you said that I just think is wonderful is, is, Braille is everything. Braille is literacy. <laughs> and yes. you don't Correct. hear punctuation and you don't hear spelling. And I am that's one of my big things why Braille is so wonderful. Fabulous. Thank and you. Linda, Linda is a course designer. We are offering learn at home Braille courses in which uh, people can sit at home and learn Braille. Oh. So Linda has been helping a lot in editing. And now she's going to design the next course. So Wonderful. You realize, you know, why Linda is so curious to know about all this. Okay, we have three okay. more people. At least, we have uh, six Tina. more people, I think. Six more um, people. Yeah. And... So I would request everybody to be brief. And uh, we got yeah. about nine minutes, right? Yes, nine minutes okay. to the top and six people. So, and I'm going to call on the people that haven't spoken first. So, Tina yes. is up next. Yes, Tina. Hey, Hi there. Um, Hi. So, I am sitting here uh, with a student of mine on the phone, and this is my first time actually joining an in-person call. I've seen, mm -hmm. um, uh, I've, I've listened to replays on ACB Media 5 and things like that. And so, um, I'm honored to be here with you guys in person well, on zoom and um and i need to email you violin because i have a few questions of my own just specifically about braille sure. teaching I, I work for the colorado division of book rehab um mm -hmm. as a braille sure. adaptive communication teacher and some of the stuff you've commented on over the months um i was wanting to ask you some things and so i'll drop you an email at some point but i'm just so honored to be here yeah. with world braille day 2024 and um I really appreciate these calls, and I, I love hearing the replays in the middle of the night. <laughs> it was usually when I catch them, <laughs> and um, and so I just want to um, share in how wonderful Braille is. Um, I was a computer science student in the early '90s when computers were just kind of sort of on the you know on the up and up as far as accessibility with DOS and everything. And so when I took physics, um, college level based physics, I actually was listening on tape, and it was terrible because then I'd actually end up having to just braille a bunch of examples to myself because I'm like I cannot 
comprehend this in audio form. It just does not work for me. Right. Um, and I was able to borrow an old calculus book, you know, like several editions behind. So at least I could study the MS code and stuff like that. It was not an easy road. Um, and then I got my master's in teaching the blind and visually impaired later on. And so then Fabulous. I've been here at VR for 30, you know, for 13 years. And, um, and I'm hoping to, you know, help a lot more adults learn Braille because I find that a lot of them just want to learn the alphabet. But I have a few passionate students who have gone on to contract Braille and who love it. And I'm reading Harry Potter with the, one of my clients and she just is enamored about wow. the e-reader. And the e-readers have really been a boon for me and my students because, um, you know, before, before the e-reader, I had to justify, okay, can this person read 30 or 40 words a minute? And most of them can't in order to really make a Braille display meaningful. And so now that anybody can get one, I can start people out in uncontracted Braille reading. And it's amazingly wonderful. And just, it is so much of a, um, I'm just so grateful for that e-reader program. It has it just helped a lot of my clients, ESL clients, um, you know, actually gain literacy. It is so good to yeah. hear that because that is part of what we believed at the the Braille Summit when we talked about the the importance of of uh, distributing a refreshable Braille device through the National Library Service. That a lot of us believed that it would um, encourage Braille reading and help improve the braille reading speed of of new learners so it's wonderful yes, to hear you yes. say that oh my where, god where, where, where are you teaching where what's your agency i'm here in um it's the colorado division of vocational rehabilitation i'm here located oh. in denver in, in oh, denver okay here. yeah and I, great because of covid i'm actually working with people you know we were doing a lot of remote instruction which does work with braille um yes I, you know i have my e-reader they have their e-reader we can read over the phone it's beautiful uh, like for instance my client that's listening right now is actually over in grand junction which is you know hundreds of miles away it's like a 10 it's like a yeah. five hour drive or an eight hour train trip and so um you know it's it's amazing that we can sit here and use zoom and the communication tools and still have lots and lots and lots and lots of braille it's just beautiful it is it Fabulous. is so wonderful i just can't even explain <laughs> i can't even express myself and i just get goosebumps even just thinking about it all thank you so very much and i i admire you i've heard yes. you present in lots of times before and and you're one of the people i really looked up to along with anna dresner and all the folks well, over there who work with the right. download service and everything with the thank over you. there in DC with the talking book thank program you. and i just really 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 dearly appreciate you thank you so yeah. much thank, thank you, you so much and any thank email you. you want to send please send it to shah which is S-H-A-H at eastbaycenterfortheblind.org. Okay? S-H-A-H at eastbaycenterfortheblind.org. Okay, okay, next one is? Marsha. Marsha, somewhere. Oh, okay, Marsha. Three and a half minutes left. <laughs> I just wanted to say that I really enjoyed yeah. this, but you had mentioned that you could talk about um, how you use Braille personally. And since I'm a newbie, you probably won't have time to to share that, but I, I'll I'll leave now so we can get the other people. Well, let me, let me just give you one. Um, there's a little device called a Versa Slate that has uh, you can write a message on it and then you can use it over and over again. You can get them from uh, AT the AT guys company, and so um, 
that's a way of of writing down a quick phone number. How do I use it personally? Everything in my house has Braille on it. My shampoo, my my uh, my food packages, um, my cleaning supplies. You know, you you don't want to put Lysol on your hair or shampoo yes. <laughs> or shampoo in your soup, you know? I mean, I put Braille on absolutely everything. I I, I get clear plastic um, labels, adhesive labels, and I Braille on them, and I put them on products, and then... Um, the Dymo tape? Dymo tape? Dymo tape works, yes. Um, it's just hard to get the backing off. Is there anything that's easier? Well, I, I've been using a lot of uh, labels that are available from the American Printing House that are come on sheets and you can uh, uh, peel, just peel the whole backing off. But with Dymo tape, I don't know what to tell you. I love Dymo tape, but you're right. It's it's a pain. It's a pain to, to peel it. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know what to tell you about that. And what um, was the device you did for quick notes? Um, Versa Slate was the the device. Can you I mentioned. spell that? Would you spell that? Yeah, V E R S A S L A T E, and uh, yeah. I think the A T guys sell it. Um, another very pricey product that makes it makes quick work of Dymo tape is called the Six Dot. Is so it has like a, a a Braille writer style keyboard, so you don't. As a grade three Braille user, I really like it because I can type any symbols that I want. I'm not limited to just typing um, letters, and uh, but it's it's very pricey. So if if you you know have an unlimited budget or you know vocational rehabilitation will buy them for people, and you just you load Dymo tape into it, and you type whatever you want, or it comes with a keyboard that if you say you have a sighted person in an office who's going to Braille everything, all the folders or machines for a uh, Braille reading person, they don't need to know Braille. They could just um, attach a QWERTY keyboard to the USB port and type into it. Cool. Um, anyway, it's called okay, Six Dot. Thank you. And we'll yeah. take a question from Teresa now. We are reaching the end of the hour. Of course, we can extend it for a few minutes if uh, our guest Deborah has time. All right, so Teresa, yeah, your quick question, please. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Oh, we can. Hear you. Yes. Okay, I wanted to share real quick that um, last summer on my birthday, my son took me to Apple, a local Applebee's, and we were in there. No, it was a Chili's. I take that. It was a Chili's. And he asked the um, waitress if there were any brown menus. And she, you know, she apologized and she said no. And she said, you know, my, she goes, my mother is visually impaired and I never thought about that. And she was just so, um, so I don't know what was, what the right word is, but, she, you know, she was apologetic on one point, but she was also elated that, you know, other, there are people out there that are interested in Braille, you know, having things like a Braille menu to read. Oh, wow. Okay. And I just wanted to share that, you know. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, and it, 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 it's just a reminder that it's important for each of us when given the opportunity to, to ask for Braille, to say thank you for Braille that's right. offered because it, it, yeah, it helps. I think I touched her in a way, um, you know, 
she wasn't, you know, she wasn't angry or anything. She was apologetic, but the, you know, here's her mother who's visually oh, impaired, no. probably losing sight. And, mm -hmm. you know, she knows that there are other people out there too. Okay. And that's all I need to say. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And we'll take a question from Rick, the last person. Okay. I know we're short on time. We'll make yeah. it real quick. Yeah. Two questions. Yeah. One, uh, you mentioned all these Braille magazines, and that's all fine and great, but what do you do with them when you're done with them? I, I hate the idea of just having to throw all that away. And if you've gotten a way around that, yeah. I'm all eyes. Uh, two, what do you say to the restaurateur that says, sure, I'd love to keep a Braille menu, but menus keep changing, and how do we keep them up to date? Thanks. Well, they're, they're not worrying about the cost of keeping them up to date for their print reading customers. So, that's, in my mind, that's just not an acceptable excuse. You know, how you keep them up to date is you have them redone. Um, the thing about Braille magazines, I just realized that I was remiss. I should have, when we were talking about National Braille Press, I write for a magazine called Our Special, which is, it's been around for many, many years. Mm -hmm. I can't remember how long, but it's a, it's a women's magazine, but you don't have to be a woman to read it. Um, and, but the, the cool thing about it is that it's um, uh, there are a number of blind women who are writers contributing material for it. And, um, and you asking, what do you do with magazines, reminded me of the hour special, because what I do with it and others is when I'm finished with them, I just ask around various friends and various groups and you know, send out an email or ask an individual, do you have any interest in these? Because um, particularly, you know, magazines that you that you pay for, um, it's nice to be able to spread that subscription a little bit sure. further. Um, but the other thing that I don't know if any of you knew Fred Gassoni, but Fred was one of my lifelong heroes, mentors. He's no longer with us, mm -hmm. but Fred was a real genius and a pioneer. And I used to look to him for many kinds of information. And I remember saying to him, what do you do? I, I can't keep keeping all these magazines. I don't have enough cabinets and bookshelves to house them. And he said, because we can do just what all the sighted people do. Put it in the recycle bin. Recycle those magazines. So I, I, I think of Fred when I have to pile a lot of Braille magazines into the recycle bin and do it without guilt. So there you go. Okay, I, I recycle like crazy myself. But I thought maybe you had another answer, but that's cool. Okay, thanks. <laughs> okay that brings us to the end of celebrating World Braille Day as well as the birthday of Louis Braille. So with that, <laughs> I would like to thank our chief guest, Deborah Kendrick, for giving her precious time for all of us. And I would like to thank everybody who logged in. Do not forget to log in again next Thursday. Our title of the show is I Have a Question, in which you can ask any Braille-related question. Yay. You all a good week ahead. Thank you so much, Deborah. Thank you, Abraham, for being our regular host. And thank everybody. See you all next week. Bye now.